Hi, welcome. Thanks for joining us on the Arsaholics podcast. I've got myself, obviously, uh, Raj here. I've also got Aaron with me. Hello, Aaron. Good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. We're 80 minutes into the Liverpool game. Liverpool currently losing 1 0 to Leicester. Um, you know, I'm not going to pretend that Liverpool losing is something which I should get excited about as an Arsenal fan and a potential <laughs> title challenge. <laughs> Let's not get carried away here. But, you know, it is, um, it's going to be a fun episode that we're recording today, isn't it, mate? Because um, we haven't recorded in a while. And, and apologies for, you know, all our diehard fans, um, all, all, all the thousands of you. I, I really do apologize. <laughs> like a number of rubbish reasons, holidays, various things. Um, but the last time we recorded, we had just beaten Southampton. We were looking forward to games against West Ham and and, and Leeds and um, Norwich, respectively, plus a, uh, a cup game thrown in the middle against Sunderland at home. Um, wow. Okay, look, so what we're going to do on this, on this episode, just conscious that, you know, that we're not going to, we're not going to go into detail about any of those games um, because there've been a few. We're, we're just going to, reflect on how we feel about that period generally where we where we sit now but we're also going to have some fun and, and kind of go through our um our kind of well given with a half halfway point of the season calendar wise anyway we're going to do our our best player of the season our, our our kind of best moment of the season worst moment of the season those kind of things so we're gonna have a little bit of fun with that hopefully that makes it interesting for you guys um but um and we would obviously love to have the other guys with us to make it even more interesting but unfortunately they couldn't make it and then we'll reflect on a big game against City that we've got coming up. Mm. But um, yeah, mate, so look, with no further ado, let's just very, very, very quick summary, I guess, of the last few games. that We we beat Southampton, um, as we discussed in the last episode. That was after a couple of, um, you know, really challenging results, right, uh, which, which were really disappointing against Man United and Everton. We went on to play West Ham, which felt like a six-pointer, really kind of, you know, West Ham were genuine, genuine, were and are, uh, you know, a, a top four threat in theory. Um, comfortable win at home, 2-0. Uh, we went on, we played Leeds. Uh, I, I was in Antigua for both these games, actually. Um, and, and Leeds, away from home, we haven't been very good away from home, battered them um, 4-1 was 4-1, right? Yeah, but yep. battered them 4-1. Uh, had a cup game against Sunderland. Well, you know, that was... A, a, yeah, I'm losing track of the number of goals. I think that was, what, four or five as well, right? And 5-1, five, five, the Eddie show. 5-1, the Eddie show. And now we've just beaten Norwich away from home 5-0. Um, I mean, you know, if you, you add that up, if we, just, if we just talk about the league games, let's just, just take the... Let's take the... Take the cup game away because obviously, you know, that's a bit it's a bit difficult to analyze, right? Uh, but but with the Premier League games, since losing to Everton, since losing that game to Everton, which we were so devastated about, we've had four games. We've scored 14 goals in four games in the Premier League, and we've conceded one in four Premier League games since those two disaster games. We sit fourth in the Premier League. Some other results seem to have gone our way. Um, Man United have drawn this week. Uh, Tottenham just drew today, although playing against 10 men for the majority of the game. So we are fourth. We're in a situation where we are four points above West Ham. We are five points against Tottenham, um, who, albeit fine, have two games in hand, but they'd have to win both to go above us. And and we are, what, seven points above Man United, who, even if they win all their games in hand, can't go above us. Aaron, I'll stop talking for a second. <laughs> this little period of games, where we sit now on fourth, can you just tell me how you feel? Yeah, I've been really, really impressed 
I think is the the headline there. I think the reason I've been impressed is well, I'll tell you I'll tell you what my thought process has been is that we beat Southampton. I think I came on here and said, okay, it was only Southampton. Then we beat West Ham and I think we all we went to that game. You went to that game as well, right? And uh, did you not get to that game? I can't remember. But anyway, I uh, no, I don't know if I, I don't know if I don't know if I mentioned to you. I was on holiday. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, of course. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> kept that one quiet. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so West Ham, we were there. We played well, and then I was like, ah, oh, but West Ham were really bad, and Antonio wasn't on form, and they had a few injuries. And then we went to Leeds, and I was like, oh, it's only Leeds, and you know, Leeds had a few injuries, and you know, they played really badly. And then we beat Sunderland in the League Cup, and I was like, it's only Sunderland. And then we beat Norwich, and then I was like, oh, well, it's only Norwich. But then you, I think it's almost time that we actually start giving Arsenal credit for not only turning up and getting results, but turning up, getting results, and playing well, which, as we've seen with like Man United, Man United going away to Newcastle after having you know two weeks off, and they struggled. Because um, and Newcastle looked really good, and Newcastle were in the bottom three. And you know, if we had beaten Newcastle, I probably would have been saying, "Oh, it's only Newcastle." But Man United didn't beat Newcastle. Um, Spurs went away to Southampton, and against ten men, didn't come away with a result. And they looked okay; they looked decent in parts. But again, crucially, they didn't come away with the results. So I think the fact that we are now getting results and getting results and playing really well is is a huge, huge improvement. And I think the team deserve a lot of credit for that. Now, I think the only question is now is, like, can we do that consistently? And you know, your guess is as good as mine because you know, deep down I still feel like we have the odd Everton performance in our system there, but it looks like something has really changed. And I don't know if that's the Aubameyang situation. I don't know if that's, um, you know, Erdegaard finding form. I don't know if that's, you know, Granite Jacker coming back into the team, but maybe it's a combination of all of those things. But for whatever, like I, I remember I came on here a while ago and said, I don't think we'll ever thrash a team and I don't think we'll ever play well this season. I think that was <laughs> against Everton. I said, I don't think we're capable of playing well and thrashing a team, but we're doing that now. I thought against Southampton for 20 minutes, we were really good. West Ham, there were like large parts of that game were really good. Leeds were so dominant in that first half where we had, I think, 11 shots on target, which was like, the most Premier League record, target. yeah, in, yeah, in a Premier League record. This is this Arsenal team where we've been consistently complaining about the attack not creating chances. We went and broke the record for shots on target. I know, I know, I know a few of them were like Thomas Partey classics from outside the box, but but still. And then Norwich, I thought was we just bossed them the whole game. We were utterly dominant for the whole game and scored five goals. So there isn't a huge amount to complain about, to be honest. Um, it's just, <laughs> it feels weird, does it? It's, yeah, it feels weird because I think the only question is, can we keep this up? And yeah, it it looks like something has changed, and I'm I'm delighted, and I'm I'm excited to see see this team play again. And actually, you know, I know the Wolves game was called off, which is probably good for the team in terms of fatigue and fitness. But I was genuinely disappointed because. For the first time in a long time, I was like, oh, I'm actually genuinely looking forward to going and seeing this team and seeing what we'll do next, which is a feeling I haven't had with Arsenal for a long, long time. Yeah, man. I mean, th- there's a lot to unpick from what you said, but I think that you probably said 
I don't think there's anything that you said that the Arsenal fans from all over the world won't completely echo. I mean, it's just that feeling of, are we ever going to batter a team till all of a sudden, you know, we, we've, we've started doing that almost on a regular, but over, the, over this period of games, we've been so dominant. It's interesting, you know, you, you referenced the Everton game. Um, it, Gary Neville on, on um, Monday Night Football, he, you know, he, he mentioned how he still thought that Arsenal have a, you know, that you can't be relied upon. They've still got like a, you know, almost a bad performance in them. I, I was a bit, when he said it, I was a bit like, well, come on, Gary, you know, being a bit harsh, maybe that that kind of Arsenal-Man United rivalry kicking in. But I think the the Everton game has given me that that nervousness now properly, hasn't he? Because it, it, it's, it was so inexplicable and it was followed by these amazing performances. I sort of feel like, where the hell did that come from? How, how did that performance exist? And the fact that it existed, for me, will, will I think I'll continue to feel for the rest of the season that it could come out uh, at some point. But another thing that you, you, you mentioned, which is, you know, we as Arsenal fans, we're just a really dreary bunch a lot of the time. We're a very, very pessimistic <laughs> bunch. We've been scarred a lot, whatever. Every single time yeah. we have a good result, we find a reason to say, you know what like it, you can't get carried away it's only this team it's only this team it's only that it's only this and whenever we lose mm-hmm. whenever we get whenever we get beaten by a big team we'll just lose or whatever it's like see see it's not we're not good are we because yeah, of this yeah. this isn't that so so we we completely react to defeats and think that these defeats are you know they give us so many pertinent things to discuss and analyze etc cetera, etc cetera. but every time we win we're kind of like we can't get carried away because it's this and this but then they like like you've just said look we battered norwich fine. You've got to batter what's in front of you. I know Crystal Palace just battered Norwich, but then stuff like Newcastle, like you've just said, Man United just went to Newcastle and Drew. We beat Leicester 2-0 at Leicester earlier on this mm. season. And everyone at that point were like, yeah, Leicester going through a bad, Leicester can't defend. Leicester are beating, one, beating Liverpool now, 1-0. One, one it's the 89th minute. That might change. You know, There's still time left. We know Liverpool. But point is, we've got to start giving Arsenal some credit sometimes. The way that we've been bouncing, bouncing back, the way that we've been reacting to defeats, and the fact that the fact of the matter is the youngest team in the Premier League are fourth right now. In yeah. we're gonna go into the new year in fourth place. The most expensive I tweeted this, the most expensive football team in the world ever assembled is seventh. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I mean are they are they seventh? I just uh, or seven well they're seven Damn. points below us anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's it, it's it's it it is an interesting one, mate. I mean, like it, would you if someone had told you at the beginning of the season, um, if someone had told you after Brentford, Man City and Chelsea that come New Year, Arsenal would be in fourth place, what would you have said? Oh, I would have bitten the hand off for it because, I mean, yeah, I think my, I remember I looked back and I'd love to listen to our episode against Brentford again after we'd lost because I think the real issue was we saw Man City, we saw Liverpool, we saw Chelsea, we saw Manchester United, and we were like, these four teams are going to be miles ahead. Um, and then we were probably saying, okay, even if things go really, really well for us, the best we can do this season is fifth. Now, the good thing, and I'm delighted about this, is that Manchester United are not as good as we, we thought they would be. Um, and that has meant that Fourth is is open, and it it could go. I think like West Ham are in the mix, and I think they'll p- continue to hang around there. But I think it's between realistically us, Spurs, and Man United for that fourth place, as it stands now. Um, 
And we, look, we've got a chance. We've got a chance. If we can continue this run of form, because and I think if you'd asked me if we'd just beaten these teams 1-0 and almost played like our early kind of games, five, four to seven sort of dictated that the way we played then, I would have said, oh, I don't think, I think we'll kind of fall away. But what we've what we're seeing now is a genuine improvement in how we're playing. We're seeing things mm. start to get better, and we are creating a lot more high quality chances. And the defense still looks really good. So, if that can continue, then we do have a chance. And I think the big question is, can we keep that up? Will you know another setback just cause us to lose a lot of momentum and? I don't know what well, that might happen. That might not happen. And with a young team, there is always a risk that, you know, one or two injuries potentially derails us massively. But, hmm. you know, I've, I think we've been really good this, these last two, three games. And I'm, I'm looking forward to us being tested against um, Manchester City, actually, because we can really assess how far we've come in terms of our attacking play and being challenged against tougher opponents. Definitely. And let's let's talk about that in detail a bit later. It's a huge game. Um, do, do, you, do you think, mate, you know, before before we get onto our heart mid-season awards, one thing I'd say is you, 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 you spoke about us playing better. You spoke about the defence remaining solid and from an attacking standpoint, kind of things just almost almost clicking now, things making sense. Does, does Arteta get to kind of cross his arms and look at the world and kind of be like, well, I told you so, and 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 you know, no one believed me, but I had a plan all along. Yes, uh, no, I actually, I think one thing people often forget with Arteta is, like, not only do we have a young team that will hopefully get better, but we have a a young manager that, and this is still his first job, but hmm. that doesn't mean he was going to be Pep Guardiola on day one. Mm-hmm. You know, we brought into him with the idea that he could hopefully after a certain period of time become Pep Guardiola or at least that level of manager and along the way he will have to get better I don't think anyone and I think this is a big debate on the manager which is okay well will he reach that potential can he reach that potential and in the time that he's here will he do enough to warrant him staying on in that job and the thing is with the managers, I think he will yeah, at times also get lucky, but also learn from his mistakes, make mistakes, but hopefully be intelligent enough to to learn from them. And I think we saw that over the course of last season with, you know, how he eventually stopped trusting some of these senior players. And we're, we're seeing that with, you know, his decision-making on Aubameyang, for example. We're seeing that with his, the way he's handled Martinelli. Um, and I think, some of that, he's probably stumbled upon that with a bit of luck. I don't think if you'd asked him in in August or September, you know, do you plan to drop Aubameyang from your squad? And will you be as, will you be beating Norwich 5-0 with Aubameyang banished from the team? You know, I think if you'd asked him, and I would have agreed with him, that I think I've pretty much said this actually, is the, the key for Arsenal doing this, doing well this season is Aubameyang being on form and getting 20 or 30 goals this season. So I don't think this was part of a grand master plan that he's had. But fair play to him. I think he saw an issue with Aubameyang in the squad off the pitch and on the pitch. And he you know, he reacted decisively. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it was that or if it was you know, a combination of other things like Odegaard 
playing really, really well at the moment. Granit Xhaka coming back into team. Even Thomas Partey finding a bit of form now. I think he's. I think things have started to go well, and hopefully he'll realise from that what he needs to do to get this team to consistently produce. Yeah, and, and do, you, do you like? I guess my question to you is: what What do you think has been the the catalyst for this? Do you think this is Arteta finally coming good, or do you think something else has gone right to make to result in a change of form like this? I think two things have happened. I think the first thing is essentially what you said. And Le Grove, in, in Le Grove, they, they, they spoke about this, I think, in detail. I can't remember if he did it in his article or, 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 or whether he tweeted, but, but I remember he was basically talking about how um, the Emile Smith-Rowe situation, Emile Smith-Rowe was effectively stumbled upon. Um, I was mm. not, Arteta didn't plan on Emile Smith-Rowe being such a big part of you know the latter half of last season when that Chelsea game came and he was thrown in it was because other things weren't working out you know Arteta had banked on William being a big player for us giving him a three-year yeah. deal promised him that you know Champions League football had, had thought he was going to be a player that didn't work out <laughs> you know that didn't work out and he went that's not working out I need to do something different I'm going to try this so so one of the reasons yeah. why I think things have gone well is because I think Arteta even at that point which is about a year ago now, showed the fact that when you are a young manager, when even it doesn't matter, even if you're an old manager, you, you need the ability to change your, you need to have that ability to change your mind and learn on the job and 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 evolve. And and that was an indication that he is the sort of manager who is willing to change. And I, that's been one of the reasons I think things have been going well because, like you say, I don't think he planned on Aubameyang being rubbish this season. Um, it, uh, he didn't plan on that, but he's had to react and 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 react. He's done and he's done very well. So I think one of the reasons is 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 him reacting and learning on the job very well. But I think the other thing is, I do think there's you know there's there's a number of philosophies and not a number of firstly when we come when it comes to culture and behaviors, there was all these non negotiables. When it comes yeah. to actually how we play on the pitch, clearly Arteta has had a lot of very, very specific tactical and technical ideas. Everyone was talking about what a what a great coach he was to, based on, you know, what Guardiola was saying and what other other players who had played under him at, at City were, were saying. And it really, really seemed like his attention to detail was very high and he had some ideas. And I guess what we're seeing now is a bit of a byproduct of a manager who's been there for a, a couple of years now and has had time to work with his players and had time to 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 teach his methods and, and get them understanding what he wants to do and, and some of that. So I think so I think there's those two bits. One is just time in the job of a of a guy who's got some ideas and has been trying to embed them. And the other bit is 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 what you were talking about as well, which is about you know his ability to change and learn on the job. And I think it's a fantastic point you made, a really important point you made about age, because it's not just Arteta and it's not just the squad. It's also mm-hmm. a very young technical director in Edu. It's also a very young managing director in Binai. It's also a very young chairman in Josh. This is a really young bunch of people doing their respective roles. And I think with youthfulness, you get a couple of things. One, you probably get a little bit of naivety every now and again. You probably get, you know, that, that lack of experience, but you also kind of get a bit of balls and you kind of get a little bit of energy and you get a little bit of kind of new new thinking. And I think really like Arsenal at the moment in in you know in, in what we're doing right now and where we are right now, um, it's a really, really good new story, you know, what we're seeing evolving at the moment. Yeah. It's very hard not to be positive about it. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think the other thing that helps is 
from the start of the season, it was very clear that this was a rebuild and that we were going to have to put our faith in a young team, new players, players coming in who are who might not have you know gone out there and won trophies for their teams coming in. Players like Ben White, players like Tommy Asu, uh, players like Ramsdale. We're going to come in and put our faith in those players. But they were brought in with the right values and we brought in likable players into this team that fit the cultural dynamic that the manager was trying to build. And I think the fans have, especially in the ground, have bought into that. It's not at all this season been negative. So I almost feel like when it does come good in moments like it does, like it is at the moment, we feel really like almost vindicated that we've been patient with this team mm. and we've been patient with this manager. And I think if we continue to find success and I don't know if we will or no one knows, but if we do, it will feel really good because we, <laughs> it sounds really cliche, but we, we feel good about it because we have trusted the process. Mm-hmm. And when the process comes good, it feels a lot better to win this way because it's like oh like we were grumpy we were annoyed we'd lost games but everyone kept telling us we as a fan base believed that this would come good this would work out because we can see the building blocks there and there's every chance that it might not like i remember when you know wenger was investing in project youth it was a very similar sort of vibe of okay we've got these great young players but ultimately it never really came off there is a hope here that with these players we are building something for the future and that ultimately just feels really good to buy into. And then when it does come off it, it also feels really, really good. It's something that as a Chelsea fan, a Chelsea fan may not ever have been able to experience, particularly in the Roman Abramovich era, where it's, I think as a fan, sometimes there is something you obviously want to win. You do want to win. You want to see your, your team win trophies, you completely get that. But there's also a really fun experience about being part of a growth journey and being yeah. part of a project and having some faith, having faith in something which for a number of reasons might not work out. <laughs> and you hope because you're a fan and you're a supporter, you hope you will it, you wish it, you really, really want it to work. And often it doesn't and that's sad and you have to go again but you know when it starts working and some of those things and you get to turn around and go you know what we have the faith and and it's going well that feeling's yeah. great you know it's cool and we're part of that journey right yeah exactly it's about that journey and being on a on a positive direction i think for a long time this team has been stagnating or going backwards and you you know especially in the emery era we weren't really sure what this team was about we weren't really sure where it was going what the style of play was what you know, where the potential for this team to really kick on into a potential Champions League team and then from there a potential league winning team. At least with this bunch of players, you can see the potential there and you can see what we're trying. Like last season, it was like, okay, Willian was there, Cedric was there. Like, and I think the frustration was, okay, well, what what is the plan here? Because William probably this you know they were win now players mm-hmm. um, or at least you know do enough top four now players at least with this team even if we don't finish top four hopefully we'll get close enough to give people hope that we're on the right path yeah and and I, you can see with these last few results again huge caveat that we need to consistently keep doing this yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
that at least it looks like we're on the right trajectory. Exactly. I mean, I was just going to say, at the end of the day, we may do an end of season review and, and everything that we've just said might now, right now may just, may just age very badly you know um and so there's a lot of things that may happen but what we do know is we've been halfway through the season and there's a number of things that we do know and that we've experienced and so let's let's get onto that bit where we're going to do our our um our kind of let's call them mid-season awards just for the sake of it so the first <laughs> first thing that we're going to do so aaron and i don't know what each other's answers are um we uh yeah yeah we don't know what, what each other's answer are. so the first question um is who is our player of the season so far. So Aaron, and who is your, and this is just Arsenal by the way. So all these questions are just Arsenal. So who is your Arsenal player of the season so far, Aaron? And? I went Tommy Asu. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. What did I, you do? I went for Emil Smith-Rowe. Ah, okay, good. Do you want me to go for <laughs> my reasons for Emil Smith-Rowe first and then you can go for your Tommy Asus? I did. Okay, yeah. I think they I'm probably going to agree with them, but um let, let's just yeah, go go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I agree. You tell me that you don't have to convince me that he's a good player. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I think uh, when I was when I was trying to think about, there's a lot of candidates for this, and some of these candidates, I've given them other awards. <laughs> like, that's it. Okay. Um, right. but, but my but my point is, yeah. um, when I thought about pro season, you know, it really comes down to the fact that you've got this kid who's come, who's 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 come in in you know. January last year, mid mid season last year, um, we all we, we thought he was talented. We thought you know he had good elements to him. I think we all said you, when when we did see him is that when he when he played for us, we play a bit better. He kind of makes things tick, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But Arteta laid down a yeah. gauntlet to him last season. Did he? he basically said someone in his position he needs to be scoring goals. And that's how he needs to get to the yes. next level. That's what he needs to do. And the people who said that's loads of pressure on the kid. Why are you saying that? Why are you being negative? Blah 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 blah. I never thought that at the time. I never thought that was a bad thing for Arteta to say. Now, we are midway through um, the season. This is his, you know, I guess, second second season with, with the team. First full season with the team for Emil Smith-Rowe. He's our top scorer. He's our top scorer with, with eight goals in the Premier League. But uh, That's just Premier League goals. I think he's got eight goals. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone else who's close. I think so. He's got, he's got eight goals. Who was, yeah, Sacco's got five goals. So eight goals from... You know, a, a, a midfielder, a kid who just had his breakthrough season last season. Um, it's not just the number of goals; it's the timing of those goals. It's it's one. It's it's the the games where we've needed someone to make the difference. I'm thinking the Watford mm-hmm. game is coming into my head. You know, when we played Leicester, the second goal, which was very important at that stage. The the, the ratio as Even well is kind of game when the, yeah the West Ham. Yeah, so it's that. So so I think. He's become a leader in this team. You know, he's he's scoring important goals. He's 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 dictating the tempo of games. He's really standing up. The assists, the you know, the, the link up play, you name it. The guy has just been for me. Again, he's the guy where I'd say that if he had a long term injury, I'd be very very concerned. Mm-hmm. I will caveat that by saying what I've been phenomenally happy about is we've managed to rest him over the last few games. Basically we've managed to just say, sit on the yeah, bench and if we need you and he's, we, we, he's got to be a rest, but every time he comes on, he scores. So look, overall, I think him, he's been the one, he's been the difference maker for, for, for me this season. He, he gives us so much. Um, and so thus, therefore, uh, he's, he's my player of the season so far. Yeah. I mean, I can't disagree with my, like most of that. I think, I mean, yeah, like, I love, I love the kid, 
Um, and I do think he makes us a much better team. I think the reason I probably decided against him is what you said, which is actually these last three or four games, he hasn't been in the team and we've still been playing well. And mm. I think a lot of that was down to Martin Odegaard, you know, playing in that 10 kind of inside forward type role where he has also looked really good. Um, I mean, if he carries on, I'll, I'll tell you that, if he carries on how he's been in the last few games, he could be my player of the season at the end of the season. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's just in a phenomenal vein of form at the moment. But the reason I just went Tommy Asu was, yeah, this guy has been, let's be honest, plucked from obscurity. Nobody really knew who he was when he rocked up. He played that first game, I think, against Norwich, was it, I think? And... um Pretty much up until that game he got injured against, uh, I think against uh, Leeds potentially, he hasn't had a single bad moment in this team. And he's consistently been one of our best defenders, you know, completely new to league and has just come in and made that right back position his own. Defensively, he's been really good going, you know, on the ball, passing, playing out from the back. He's been really good. I know he's not really contributing in terms of going forward and getting assists, but even in build-up play, he's had his moments where he's contributed to some really important goals for us. So I think just, you know, right back for us has been a problem position for so long as well. And I mm. think um, just the guys come in and just been completely no-nonsense now. Like you'd argue one of the top four or five right backs in the league, especially defensively, like going forward, right, he's not going to be a Trent Alexander-Arnold. But he's just, in terms of the system, what he does for us, I think he has just been super impressive and he just seems like a, a great guy as well. So um, that's why I went with him. But yeah, I think Smith Rowe is probably my number two. Yeah, I had... so. So I had three players vying for this award, and he, he was one of them. And 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 everything that you've said about Tomiyasu, he's he's number one for tackles in the team. He's mm. number one for aerial battles. He's three. He's third on clearances, second for interceptions. Completely new to the league. Twenty-two years old is he? Again, deadline day. People were like, no, what? What? Cave that idiot on Sky. The way he laughed, and you know, <laughs> yeah. just the, the, the way he kind. Of, you know what? In fairness, in fairness, there are probably people all over the country who are thinking the same thing, right? Who the hell is this guy they've signed on deadline day? This is clearly not part of a plan. But we're one of the best defenses in the country right now at this moment. We're one of, not the best, but we're one of. And he's number one for tackles, number one for aerial battles, third for clearance. Yeah. So absolutely, completely agree with you. Fantastic player. Um, uh, what a signing, what a season he's having so far. So let's, you know. Um, I think the thing I like about Tomiyasu is yeah. this doesn't really make a difference to the him being any better but I like I don't think anyone else in the league really realizes how good he is or like fans of other teams they probably think he's just a bit of a random dude that is there to make up the numbers and I think only when you like yeah. really watch him you then you like actually this guy is actually a very very good right back yeah yeah uh, absolutely I think yeah, that's part partly I think it's because 
we the the role of the fullback now has been largely kind of branded as a you know if you're not if you're not a Trent Alexander if you're not a, a phenomenally attacking wing back then you're no longer a relevant current wing back really you know it's all about the 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 the, the fullback if you like is very out of fashion if you can only yeah. really defend very well but and, and you know what at the end of the day like I don't think either of us are saying that Tommy Yasu is actually secretly also uh, you know amazing amazing going forward. You know, we we play a system. We play a system which essentially means that our left our left side has a lot more freedom in the fullback area. We get T and we have Tabaris who kind of bomb down and and Tomiyasu does a lot more tucking in. That being said, I think there was another stat I saw where I think I think Tomiyasu is the player who has the most passes into the final third of the Arsenal team. So he's still oh, someone really? who's contrib. He's still someone who's contributing. Right. You know. Um, yeah. Look and, and like the other things he said. I love the other things he said as well. Like he just seems like a great lad. You know, like it just seems to, you know, just just have it be really liked and and you know just have his head down, just want to play and yeah, absolutely love it. I mean, so there's you know the second category, the second question is one where yeah, he's obviously a candidate for as well, and that is best summer signing. So best summer signing, uh, who did you go for, mate? So I also went for Tommy Essie on this. <laughs> I kind of felt like, well, you can't then you know nominate a guy for best best player of season and then say he hasn't been the best summer signing as well. Um, so I think logically, yeah, I think I will go for Tomiyasu. Yeah, I think my notable other mentions. I think if I, I would actually say my other. I think I would actually go Ben White as my best summer signing if I wasn't going for Tomiyasu. It's so interesting that you haven't mentioned Aaron Ramsdale. So was Ramsdale your summer signing? Best summer yeah, signing? <laughs> yeah. So, I'll tell you why I didn't go like Aaron Ramsdale is that. I think, look, I think Ramsdale is great. And I think he's been a big presence. I just don't think Leno was that bad a goalkeeper. And yeah, okay, I agree with that. Unfair criticism. Um, I think Ramsdale is unquestionably better for us. And I'm, you know, really happy that he's here. I just think for me, like you look at the players that have come in in terms of Ben White and what he's given us versus what we had before. Um, you look at Tomiyasu, who's coming and what we had before. Look, if, God forbid, Ramsdale got injured for two or three games and Lena had to come in, I'd be annoyed, but I don't think it would be a disaster. Hmm. However, if Ben White or Tomiyasu got injured for three or four games and we had to deal with Cedric at right back or you know maybe Rob Holding, for example, at centre-back for three or four games, I think that's a considerable step down in, in quality. Is that, is that a different question, though? Is that is that is that, is that a question? Like who was the most who was the most important, or or who is the biggest improvement of a signing in, against what we currently have? Isn't it, like do we not have to factor? Because because the thing with Ben White again, you know, we spent fifty million on him as well, right? So this is like yeah, you know, we, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting down what you said. I think um, it's interesting that you said Ben White because he didn't actually, he wasn't in my top, he wasn't in my top three probably actually um so that's interesting. i think ben white gets a lot of a lot of stick because mm. he's not a van dyke level defender and i mean yeah. maybe you could argue for 50 million quid you you should be getting a a really good defensive center back but actually i think yeah. what this team needs and what it seems like in terms of like the the modern center back of like positional type football mm. they have to be really good on the ball because actually a uh, top 
center back probably spends more time like building up attacks than he does defending um, at the top level. And I think for that, like you need, it's really, really hard. It's actually quite, it's not super hard to find a defender who can you know deal with crosses consistently or a defender who can tackle well. I think there's, there's quite a few of them, but it's really, really yeah, hard yeah. to find a good centre-back that can do all that reasonably well, but at the same time also be really good in terms of creating attacks and driving the ball forward, running with the ball, and you know pushing into midfield and doing a job there, as well as, well as the versatility he provides. Because you know, he, he played right back. Uh, against Norwich and also did a really good job there as well. Mm-hmm. So that that's why I think losing Ben White would be a, a big problem for me. Um, losing Ramsdale would be would drop off a level, um, but I don't think Leno for us is that bad. But yeah, you're right. I think I guess yeah, yeah. What might I see? I'll take that. Go on. I mean, look, I think why 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 did you go for Ramsdale? No, no. What I was going to say, I actually don't, like, I didn't. I, look, I hadn't really thought about that. But that point is very true. So I think that. I think that what Ben, what I, I, I I'm terrified if if Gabriel or White has a long term injury, um, because I think yeah. they're they're a profile of center, uh, uh, slightly less if Gabriel does slightly less because I think Murray, Murray's still quite a good ball playing centre back, but Ben White, you know, has been exactly what we needed. He, he was exactly what Arteta wanted, and there's there's no no one bit of me that's disappointed in Ben White. Let me make that very very clear. I, I'm mm-hmm. delighted yeah. with him. I think it's fantastic for the reasons that you said. Fantastic. Um, I think that for me, uh, Ramsdale, if someone had turned around, if we had gone and signed a 60 million pound goalkeeper from Real Madrid and he put in all the, he's had the season that Aaron Ramsdale's had, everyone would have said it was worth the money. Right, everyone yeah. would everyone would have said, yeah, yeah, that's what you get, sixty million pound keeper, you know, Europe, top top European goalkeeper. That that you know, everyone would have said that, and I think. Part of it is therefore like from sheer shock from this from the fact that we you know we plucked this guy from Sheffield United you know battling relegation constantly we all kind of had doubts everyone had doubts everybody everyone in the bloody world seemed to have had, had a doubt over Aaron Ramsdale I'm surprised if Aaron Ramsdale didn't have doubts over Aaron Ramsdale right <laughs> but yeah to come in and and not even just do a good job to put that level of performances where we're talking about yeah. distribution we're talking about shot stopping we're talking about leadership aerial you know ability all kinds of things yeah okay it helps that he makes box office saves it helps that he exaggerates every movement that he does <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but the, the way that he's come in and 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 he's come into a uh, a back five that you know three out of those three out of that back five is uh, a new players you know he's he's come he's probably had to deal with that as well a new defense in front of him um mm-hmm. he's led and he's just been I mean, it, it, sometimes you know goalkeepers can't win you matches in theory, but yeah. he's done as close to that, you know. And um, and this is a guy as well who could be our goalkeeper for ten years, fifteen years. Yeah, it's crazy to think that, right? He's so young, isn't he? You know, so um, so look, uh, I, I love the fact that we are struggling to say who is our signing of the season, right? Because. God, there's just so, there's the, we've got way more right than we've got wrong this summer, and especially yeah, when it I comes mean, to you that look at everyone defense. we signed, right? So yeah. Ben White, uh, Erdegaard, mm. Tavares, Tomiyasu. Am I thinking anyone else? The Conga. Uh, we, yeah, yeah. Um, all of them so far have had a really important role to play in this season so far, and all of them 
I think have performed, you know, you'd probably say better than expected. Yeah. Or at least on par with expectations. Definitely. Okay. Next question, because I have a feeling that there's going to be lots of great discussion points, even from the rest of the question. So the next question is positive surprise. So what was this positive surprise for you this season? That could be a who, that could be a person, or it could be just a something that happened. What was the positive surprise? Not to be confused with the question later, which is favorite moment. Yeah. So I think the positive surprise for me has been a clear first choice back four and goalkeeper. That's mine too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, right. well, kind, well, kind of, kind of. But yeah, carry, carry. So, but mine, mine was how quickly a new back five gelled, given three came in this window. So, I think we can talk about that together. So, yeah, you go go for. Okay, it. so I think my my one is more on dare I say the manager who right, okay. who pretty much realised at that Norwich game. It's like, look, I bought these four guys and I bought this goalkeeper, and you are going to be the back four plus five. So, back five. And that's it. I'm not going to change. <laughs> and every game, I'm going to play these five people. And you will, if you like it or not, learn how to gel. Um, because you're going to get minutes. Because we've invested in all of you. And we see you as the future. So let's just embrace this future now. We're not going to you know, ease players in. We're not going to you know, give someone 30 minutes there. You know, That first game, I think, against Norwich. He played Tommy Asso. He played Tierney. Maybe, yeah, I think Tierney was around at that point. He played Ben White, he played Gabriel, he played Ramsdale. And no one else has been able to get a look in in those five positions, unless there's been an injury. Well, um, no, well, well Nuno, in fairness, Tavares got, uh, yeah, you know, got that period. He got he? a few games, yeah, I think. But, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, fair enough. I think he, and I think actually there are probably moments there where Tavares, you could argue, potentially offers something a bit different. And maybe he will get a look yeah. in in the future. But generally, I think it's been very no-nonsense in terms of selection for that those that that back five for me you know you remember every season every it went game to game we had a new right back we had two new centers had no idea did you we had no idea you know we had leno who was a con- constant in goal but we had you know, david louise we had marie we had holding we had chambers we had Mustafi, we had people. socrates Mustafi. yeah yeah um, mavropanos was there um you know, even uh, between, I think we had that Koscielny and Mertesacker era for centre-backs, where yeah. it was those two. Um, but after that, in terms of the centre-back pairings, I don't know how many centre-back pairings we did. I think you did a, a big rant on that one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah like, I remember. I had a number big spreadsheet of, like, and everything. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is like so many different um, centre-back pairings. And then you you look at the full-backs, who, to be fair, have been relatively consistent over the years, but to see that level of consistency with right back and left back as well, as well as the goalkeeper and that and how they're all so young and you can, if things go right, bank on these guys for the next seven, eight years, potentially that is, that's kind of crazy. I don't think anyone like who's the oldest out of, out of that bunch. I don't know who's like Gabrielle, maybe twenty three. Tierney, Tierney, I think. How old is Twenty four. Yeah, I think Tierney's like twenty four at least. Yeah. So that's, at, you know, if Tierney goes till 30, 32, that's six, seven, eight years of this back four, um, which is insane. So just if we can keep them fit, if they can keep yeah, twenty four, yeah, yeah, exactly. So if we can keep their form up and 
if they can you know continue to get better which you hope they will um that is a huge huge positive and a huge advantage that we now have to you know maybe there is going to be a better center back or a better left back that comes along in two or three years time that can help us but i don't, i think all of these guys are capable of reaching that next level yeah, yeah, agree. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, there's to, to that point specifically, there's the Saliba shadow that that looms. Oh yeah, yeah, course, yeah. You know, and we're going to have to see how that plays out. But, but I, but I, you know, I think my personal view is that um, they've they've looked at Gabriel and think that like he is someone who potentially could be someone who goes for a lot of money at some point. Um, partly, I, I think so. I think partly because I remember I'm stereotyping here, but given he is South American, there may be a desire from him to want to play in Spain. Uh, because you know, we see that all the time. We see the South American players having a real desire to play for Barcelona, Real Madrid at some point. Um, given his age, given his profile, could he be someone that then you know kind of ends up going for 70, 80 million to get Barcelona, Real Madrid at some point? And I think they're kind of at some point, Arsenal are going to have to start doing that, unfortunately, right? At some point, we're going to have to do what Liverpool yeah. did. We should do a new Ask Cast Extra, which is, should we sell Gabriel for 80 million? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> my exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You got away. Well, he was right last time, right? Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, you know what, what I mean? In, in terms of, at some point, we're going to have to sell some players and it's going to be important that when yeah. we sell players that we don't suddenly uh you know everything doesn't go to pot and i think um with saliba there clearly like i i think i think uh, personally i feel there's a real appetite to make sure he's still an arsenal player and then that we bring him through because mm-hmm. i think you know they they will they will want to make sure that we have a number of potentially kind of very good center backs uh you know in and around the squad i think omar Rekic is is someone as well i think it so- sounds like they really really uh, expect big things mm-hmm. of him playing in the under-23s, etc. as a ball-playing centre-half, someone who's playing in central midfield, some games, etc. So I think I think they're really planning for, you know, for, for the future. But but yeah, mate, at the end of the day, at the moment, it's so nice to have this unit, which you hope and pray could be the unit for many years to come. And like you said about Tavares, I had friends who asked me about this, non, non-Arsenal um, support friends who, uh, who who've said to me that they were really quite impressed with, Tavares, given his age, especially, uh, but you know, how, how's that going to work? But at the end of the day, he he does offer something very different. Hopefully, when we get into, ho- hopefully, if and when we get into Europe, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna need you know players, and we're gonna need different options. So I have no concerns about us kind of managing. I think you know minutes, etc. Um, be interesting to know. You know, with it, this is for another day, but it'll be interesting to see if we do think about getting another right back in. You know, to provide kind of that if if, for, if if he just doesn't feel that Cedric Chambers or Maitland Dials are um are suitable kind of uh covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'd be interesting to see. But um okay. I mean let's move on to the next question in the interest of time. Um because this is slightly different tone. This is the biggest disappointment of the season. Not your worst moment, but what's your biggest disappointment of the season been so far? Um I would say Vamiang. Yeah, I said Aubameyang too. <laughs> so okay. let, let's do that. I mean, th- what, what I realized, Aaron, a bit earlier is that, and this is a byproduct of us 
not recording for a while. We never actually yeah. touched on the stripping of the captaincy because when we recorded, do you remember? Uh, it hadn't uh, happened yet. So I wonder whether we should, I think at the I end of this episode, predicted maybe. predicted that Aubameyang <laughs> would never lose a captaincy. Yeah, the day after it, it happened. Okay, <laughs> let's just do it. Let's just, let's just do it all. Let's yeah. just, just do the whole Aubameyang thing now then, given that's what... So yes, both of us, that's been a disappointment in the season. Aaron, why has it been your disappointment in the season overall? Are, are you talking about his performances? Or are you talking about the behaviour and the captaincy stripping? or What are you talking about? Everything. I think you can't, you almost can't talk about one without talking about the other, but I pure, I largely made my decision based on his, his on the pitch behavior because we don't really know what happened off the pitch. In Agreed. A lot. Very important point. Um, Very important. And without knowing, it's really hard to judge, you know, what, who's right, who's wrong and mm-hmm. what the, you know, where, you know, who's being fair or not. But Ultimately, we we all said that this this guy needs to step up in terms of contributing to goals, contributing to the team play, and you know, long story short, he hasn't been contributing in terms of delivering on the pitch. And you could argue that that was because he wasn't getting service, but actually, they were, you know it got to a point where he was getting chances and he was missing them. So you, you just expect better, and hmm. I think. I would I would say that given and then you have this you know there's clearly something going on behind the scenes which means he isn't um behaving up to the standards of the manager and you could argue are those standards too high are they too unrealistic but ultimately it from the kind of anecdotes we've seen that he turned up late to Spurs he turned up late to various other training ground incidents or whatever it sounds like there was a a clear issue in terms of his behavior and i think we haven't really taken the captaincy of this club very seriously for a long long time and i i i really hope we start to because i know people say it doesn't matter we should have more captains on and off the pitch but i think it does matter i think when you have the captain on paper leading by example off the pitch and on the pitch in terms of being one of your best players who contributes who can make a difference but then who also does the off the pitch stuff the leadership it it ultimately helps a young team succeed. Um, and I, I think we really do lack in some of those leaders. I think we've seen some of those players step up, like Lacazette stepped up in recent weeks. Granit Xhaka has his issues, but he's still one of the kind of leaders on the pitch. And then we have some of our younger leaders. But I think there is a clear gap for uh, a senior pro to come in or to make themselves the kind of the captain of this team. Um, mm. and Aubameyang had that opportunity. It, you know, clearly he he realised that you know, he it's not really for him in terms of doing that off the pitch leadership stuff, the talking on the pitch. He doesn't really do. Um, but you excuse all that because he was you know getting us twenty thirty goals a season. Um, but just his all round play has just been so disappointing. I still think actually there's a path for him back into this team, and I hope he. You know, I hope player and manager can find an amicable resolution to bring him back into his team because I think there'll be moments this season where we need someone like him. Um, I Some people think that's not going to happen. Some people think he's done. Um, I'd be really interested to hear what you think. But personally, I'm hoping that he can, for what you know, whatever he's done wrong or whatever the manager thinks he's done wrong, I hope they can find an amicable resolution to this because... 
throwing a motivated, you know, on form Aubameyang into his team can only be a good thing. Yeah, he strikes me as someone who, <laughs> I was about to say, forgives quite easily in some ways. I, I, I think mm-hmm. I think Aubameyang strikes me as someone who ultimately just wants to be happy. Um, yeah. He strikes me as someone who, who really enjoys playing football and he's quite an emotional guy. And I think, you know, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, I, I agree that there's a path back, but I think that path back is partly because I think he's the sort of guy that if ultimately he feels that the best thing for his family life and for, you know, for kind of his lifestyle is actually yeah. to be in London and, and, and et cetera. And like everyone's settled, then I think that he will probably happily kind of go, do you know what? I don't mind. I've been cap- stripped of the cap. So yeah, do you know what? Like maybe I'll, I'll, um, I, I need to buck up my ideas. Uh, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with eating humble pie and kind of, I, 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 I see him as more of that type of a player, um, that type of guy. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you that I think that, Look, man, someone of his experience, it doesn't matter even if you're kind of not firing, someone of that experience, that goal-scoring legacy, it's always going to be good to have around. It's always going to be good to have someone like that, even if they're coming off the bench. You know, like it's it's always yeah. going to be a good thing. I Look, I think that, I think that if he's not scoring goals, then unfortunately he doesn't really add much to the captaincy role. Um, exactly, that's the problem. Exactly right, like and um, like you say, we, we, you, you know, like again, okay, I don't want to get into a broader discussion necessarily because I guess this is this just about this is about Abamyang, um, but you know, it's a broader thing. You know, you mentioned about the role of the captain, etc. Um, are we a bit? Are we being a bit too British in this way? Because you know, I'm not a European football specialist, but it does seem like the European leagues that have moved towards this leadership group type mentality, where you have three, four, five players who are your senior players and and they lead and. And, you know, the, the one kind of captain isn't really a thing anymore, apart from in the UK, where we seem to think it's a really big deal. Yeah, I don't know. I I still actually do think it's a big deal. I think, I think it's, I don't think it's a big deal in terms of getting results, but I think it can make a good team better. Mm-hmm. And I look at the big captaincies. I look at the big captains historically, like the Hensons, the companies, the Vieiras. They've made a difference to top teams. And... Um, mm-hmm. I think at some point, uh, a good, experienced first choice captain who is like you know one of your first names on the team sheet can make a big difference to this team. But I think it's a problem further down the list to solve. Yeah, um, I mean, and I guess look on, on Uber specifically. I think that one factor will be how much does Arteta actually want to reintegrate him? How much does yeah. he feel that he does need him? Um, an interesting thing I, I thought, mate, was since Oba's been stripped of his captaincy, uh, there's been a couple of interviews with with some of our players. Um, ben White gave an interview. I can't remember who he gave an interview to, but I remember reading the quotes. Granite Jack has just given an interview, which is in The Athletic. And I just thought there were some really interesting tones because you know, Ben White effectively said words to the effect of, mm. you know what, it, it is what it is. And, and you know we we move on we move forward we're in a good place you know and said really positive things about the team and just wanted to brush that off. Uh, Granite Jackals is something interesting. I, I thought I thought Devil was in the detail. He he talked quite empathetically about Aubameyang losing the captaincy, but when he spoke about Lacazette, because he basically said, you know, Lacazette being new captain um, or you know effectively taking over the armband for now, and he said he said stuff like, we need a captain like Laka. He and he said a bunch of things, but including one of the things that he said is he's always on time. 
he basically, he basically yeah. said, yeah, 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 like he basically said that, and it was very interesting. I thought him actually saying that, yeah, to actually say yeah. that would sort of you know indicate like, do you know what that was an issue, like, and this guy is like you know, you know, actually responsible and all that kind of stuff. So you know, I really do wonder whether the squad have backed this decision. Um, I thought, you know, it's interesting for Laka to be given the armband, given, and that was a sensible thing to do in many ways, I think, being a very experienced player. But given his relationship with Aubameyang, that's quite, that must have been difficult for Laka in some ways as well, right? Um, Maybe, yeah. We don't, yeah, we don't really know the ins and outs. We we hear bits, but it's possible that actually his behaviour just wound a lot of players up. We, like I said, without knowing the details of like what he did, was he constantly late? Was he just really late once or twice? Did he, you know, bugger off on holiday without permission? Who knows? Um, we will never know and be able to judge, but it, it sounds like there was a consistent problem. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So look, so I think as a as you, you and I both agree, probably the disappointment of the season. Club captain, talismanic striker, being scored four goals in the Premier League. That's just not that's just not good enough. Um, And it's not like he hasn't been getting minutes and all this behavior stuff, all in all the way that it's ended. I mean, you know, we, we spoke about this a while ago, I think uh, on, on WhatsApp, didn't we Aaron? It's like, why is it that our star players always seem Mm -hmm. to end acrimoniously? Why, Why is it always that way with us? Are we just cursed in that way? Or is it a byproduct of being this team that isn't, 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 you know, right at the top anymore? I have to say this this situation seems very different to the Ozil situation. Um in in the sense that I got the sense that with Ozil there were he was consistently being disruptive in various ways. Yeah. Um I don't think Aubameyang is that type of player, which is why I think there is a path back. Um but it, I think it very much depends not just on Aubameyang but on the manager too. Yeah. Yeah, agree. All right. Listen, in the interest of time, let's rattle through the last couple of questions, but let's not even really have to talk about them in detail at all. What was your favourite moment of the season? I went for the Spurs win at home. Interesting. I actually said the first half against Spurs. So (laughs) there we go. Yeah, that was was awesome to be at, wasn't it? Which is brilliant. Yeah, I think it's one of those where I think it's probably really good because we were there. The atmosphere was amazing. Mm. Um felt like I a mean, breakthrough moment which is always yeah, yeah. but it's felt like a breakthrough moment with this team and there was yeah momentum and actually it was it contributed to you know uh downfall for spurs where they went then went on to some bad results as well so um yeah really good day really good win and it'll be up there with one of the big you know the emirates spurs wins that we've had definitely agree and worst moment worst moment of the season so far so there were a couple, but I'm actually going to, I don't think you'd have this, but I'm going to go for the first game of the season, the 2-0 dot loss to Brentford. Okay. Um, because I think out of that first, those first three, that was the most annoying because we had this COVID issue, which now is a big deal. And we probably could have got the game called off with hindsight, but there's, there was a COVID issue, but also the fact that, there was a narrative about this Arsenal team and we just went and like fulfilled that narrative. Mm. And it, I think it set us back and it probably cost us, you know, it, it took a while for the belief to come back because we then had two games where 
we probably would have lost anyway in terms of a, a Chelsea team that were flying um, the Man City team that, you know, when we played them with 10 men. But if we hadn't lost that game, I feel like the narrative of the season, the feeling of the season would have been a bit better. Um, but because we lost those first three and that game was the one that you really felt like, felt like actually we probably shouldn't have lost it. We had no reason to lose it because, yes, we had a few injuries and we, you know, the game plan probably was messed up because of COVID, but we are still, you know, fundamentally a better team than Brentford. Um, yeah. And if we had done that, maybe, you know, this narrative about the manager needing to prove himself wouldn't be there anymore because actually we would have just never dropped as low as we did drop at the start of the season. So for that reason, um, I think Brentford had its was quite significant in terms of the context of that first half of the season. Well, like the first half of the first half of the season. Um, but there are a couple of other moments, but I'm sure one of them is going to be one of your worst moments. So I will ask you, what was your mo- worst moment of the season? Mine was actually the Everton loss. Yes, that was. I was very close to saying that. As well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the reason for, for it is like because with with look with the Brentford game, you know, on the flip side of everything that you've said, like I guess you could kind of say first game of the season away at a team who just got promoted. Like the story was there for them to win. Blah blah blah. blah. And you know, and I wonder if we hadn't lost that game. I wonder how much that game had contributed to the decisions that we made in the transfer market in the summer. Like, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I wonder, and you never know these things. Do you? But anyway, you know, I think the Everton game, the reason I go for, for Everton is there was no reason for, there was no reason for that performance and result to happen. Yeah. Given how bad, how epic, I, I say it again, I say it in the episode, there was, Everton was so bad, the fans were planning a walkout. They were that bad. <laughs> they yeah, yeah. they couldn't win a game. They couldn't get a point or whatever. We actually looked okay. Like aside from the Man United game, we, we've been looking okay. There's all the reasons to think that actually we, we, we should, and we, and we lose. And that will, that was probably my worst moment because it was a terrible performance. Mm. But it also has now filled me with this fear that that performance is still in us. Yeah, that's a good point. Yes. Because if it was... Especially away from home. Exactly. Because if it was just... If it was the Man United loss, if that was in isolation, you know, whatever, it's Arsenal, Man United, anything can happen. It was 3-2. We scored a bunch of goals. You know, whatever, fine, whatever. But to lose against Everton or, you know, in the way that we did bloody... So so I think that's my worst moment. Um, Okay, cool. So that's actually our our awards. Um, And I guess the last thing that we were going to say, we were going to talk about is how, based on what everything that you've seen right now, and I can't, you know, we, we we said we can't really remember. I can't remember exactly what my predictions were at the beginning of the season. But my question to you and my question back at me also is, uh, where do you think we will finish at the end of this season? This is really tough. So originally I predicted fifth. Okay. I, I guess the question is, will we, will we do enough to get, get fourth? My, my heart is hoping we do. I just feel like this team at some point, like you said, I worry that we have a few more Everton's in our closet and this team is still a bit young. Mm. I think a lot will depend on what happens in January in terms of how we react to Partey going away mm-hmm. and any potential injuries. So I will, okay, let's, let's just, no, I'm going to say fifth because I think we'll get injuries and I don't think we've got the squad 
to push for fourth because I think our our reserves are actually a significant level below. I'm going to agree with you. And it's, it's unfortunate that I'm going to agree with you because I, I originally, when when I thought about Zanzar, I actually said fourth. And the reason, so the reason why I have a slight amount more confidence about the possibility of finishing fourth is actually based on the last the, the, the Tottenham and and Tottenham and Man United's recent results because yeah. clearly from 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 Man United drawing away at Newcastle and from Spurs drawing away at um, Southampton, uh, clearly Spurs playing majority of the game you know with with an extra man, it feels like they've still got work to do as well. And it feels like they still are, how, however experienced their managers are, um, they're still new managers. And sometimes their ideas are going to take time and, you know, there's going to be teething, yeah. etc. So so because of those two, it gives me hope. Because I think at the end, of the day, we do need to remember that we've had a manager who's been there for a little while now. And there are certain things that are coming together. And actually, you know, we've got a bit more automatic. And But the reason that you mentioned injuries and the squad, uh, et cetera. I, I agree. I don't think, I think that if one of the centre-backs goes, it's a big problem. Yeah. I think if Tommy Yasu goes for, you know, that that's a problem. I think with the central midfield, we could probably figure it out because I don't think we're relying necessarily on, on, on one or whatever. But, yeah. but I think if you get, you know, if Saka and Smith Rowe and Odegaard even like, you know, if they pick up some niggles and if there's just kind of that difficulty and kind of in continuity and whatever, I think we'll really, really struggle because I don't think, yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't think that we've got, we've got the right backup and we've got the right quality backup to be able to deal with it. So, and then, that, and then that inexperience will kick in as well. You know, the, the, the issues yeah, of being exactly. a young team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's hope we're wrong, but and we do keep our players fit and they can step up but yeah so you and I are both we're both we're both not going over uh, <laughs> over the top we're both saying we still think that we probably won't finish fourth um so let's see but uh, you know obviously we hope we do um right let's spend a little bit of time talking about the next game so the, you know the the next game was due to be today right we were we were due to play wolves at home today it was going to be two days after Boxing Day game, we, we you know we, it looked like we were going to be one of the only teams playing on both days, just the way that things were going. And then it felt like, lo and behold, out of nowhere, it seems like I was, it felt like it was out of nowhere to me. Wolves suddenly go, hang on, we can't play. We've got loads of injuries and and COVID and blah blah blah, and that gets called off. So we've now got a break, and we're now playing Man City on New Year's Day at the Emirates. 12.30. It's interesting, isn't it? It was a game that actually went on general sale. Like, it, it, you know, it wasn't, I think, because of New Year's Day, because of COVID, because of whatever, blah, blah, blah. But hey, we've won a few games and now, bang, it's sold out. <laughs> so um, uh, anyway, what do you think? What's what's your what's your feeling going into that game? I So I actually think we'll lose, because I think City are phenomenal at the moment. So it's like you said, I actually think we'll lose, as if like, no, you know, no, no, actually, no. that's a massive surprise that you said that. No, so I think we'll lose, but yeah. I actually think it's a complete free hit for us because we've earned the right for it to be a free hit. I love that. I agree. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's it. yeah no, 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 I agree. I think that, listen, um, let, let's, ch- let's turn the dial a little bit. Maybe we should be harder on Arsenal. Should we be turning around at this point and going, nah, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Arteta's been there for a little while now. We've spent money. We've got players. They've, everyone's had time. We, we've put results on the board. Should we not be aiming to get at least a point at home to Man City? We should try. I think we should try. But I, I, 
I'm not going to be fuming if we lose because I think City are a phenomenal team and they're considerably, like considerable levels better than us. Yeah. Um, are we capable of getting a point? Probably, but very few teams in, in the world are capable of getting a point against City. But yeah, we. I hope we have our game plan. I hope we uh, have a, you know, something that we try and we execute well. And you know, it's possible that they have an off day, and let's hope it comes on, on New Year's Day. Yeah, agree with you. And they would have had less time to prepare than us. I mean, at the end of the day, fine. They are the one squad who you know could feel two potentially Premier League winning sides. You know, cap- yeah. two sides capable of winning the Premier League. So you know, maybe maybe for them this isn't as much of an issue. Um, but you know what? We haven't cashed in on the chip yet. But you know, we've got Arteta. And Arteta is supposed to know Man City. He should know Man City. Um, he hasn't used that knowledge to beat them yet. Oh, he has in the FA Cup. I'm sorry. Mm, yeah. But, you know, outside of the FA Cup, um, in the league, hasn't done that yet. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe maybe he, maybe a combination of that knowledge and the fact that our players now are doing the things that he wants to do. Who knows? Like, we're going to go in hopeful. Um, if we can get a result, I think it would be so huge for the confidence of this team. Massive. Even a point. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. a, a point would be huge. A point would be massive. And like you said, we've earned the right. Now, here's the annoying thing, right? We earned the right to lose against Man United. But like we, but but then you know we didn't earn the right to follow it up with a loss to, to Everton. So if we if we lose to these guys, and this is a bit of the concern because we suddenly go into a quite a tough set of fixtures, right? Mm-hmm. We we've got we've got City. We then have got Liverpool in the Carabao Cup home and away. Um, yes. I think Spurs is in that month. I'm, I'm missing a game. Yeah. I think Spurs I'm, in between the League Cup games. I think. Yeah. So this is not an easy period whatsoever. It's a period where historically when Arsenal were always in this kind of, you know, oh, okay, actually, could they win the league this season? You know, that kind of the latter Wenger era kind of period. There was that period that usually happened in March, right? Where it's like a period of tough games and then bang, lost, 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 lost. And then it's like, all right, well, yeah. we're battling for. Let's hope this isn't that kind of period. I mean, uh, what do you feel about the period on a whole? Do you, Are you optimistic about the period on a whole? I am. I am. But I think a lot of it will come down to that Spurs game. If we can beat Spurs away... It'll be huge for the context of the league. And then I think we'll go into that second leg against Liverpool with a lot of confidence. If we lose against Spurs, then it's a different story altogether. It is a different story, isn't it? Because if you look at the even the point situation, you know, regardless of the fact that um, you know, they, they drop points today, they've got two ha- two games in hand over us, right? And they're five points behind us. Let's just assume that both teams continue to win whatever league games that they have, then if Tottenham are to beat Arsenal, then, you know, with those games in hand and then closing that two-point gap, re- you know, retaining those games, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it suddenly becomes a very different... think about it. <laughs> yeah, it, about it. it becomes very problematic. You know, you've got a situation where suddenly they can open up a multiple-point lead and then it gets tricky. And, and unfortunately, you know, they don't have Europe anymore to cause mm, that additional distraction, point. do they? So, okay, that's cool. Um, all right, look, so... But what's your prediction? Your prediction is that we'll lose to 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 Man I think we will lose two one. Yeah, okay, okay. I I agree that we'll lose. I think I'm going to go into the game optimistic, um, and I think I'm going to be uh, brought back down to earth a little bit. I think it's going to be a really clinical performance by Man City, um, mm-hmm. and I think that I think unfortunately it could be a three nil. Ooh. Okay. I feel, and I don't think it's necessarily that means it's going to be a game where we get battered for 90 minutes. But you think they'll just take 
maybe create three chances and score. I think so. I think they'll score early. Yeah. I think they'll score. I really hope they don't score early. I, I, I hope we at least have some hope because every time we play City recently in the league, it just feels like by half time it's usually done or something like someone will do something stupid. We'll be down to 10 men and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. Um, so, look, uh, we're looking for signs of development, and one of the development signs will be us not <laughs> conceding early. You know, yeah, yeah. so uh, so let's see. So, listen, mate. I think you know we've we've been chatting for a while. Um, mm. My dog also has approached me, and clearly she wants to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I think that's probably good. I think that's good timing, right? I think um, you know, we've covered everything. We want. Yeah, she knows. She's. I think she's saying, "Pack it in, guys." Uh, no <laughs> one wants to hear you guys ranting for an hour and a half. So. Um, let's call it a day that we, we've covered a lot. Cool. I think, look, I think like the overriding feelings, I think are really positive from us. Um, and rightfully so like, it's great. Let's just be happy with we're, we're in fourth. And I think we are happy and uh, Arsenal fans everywhere should be happy. And you know what? Let's just hope for the best. Let's just see what happens. But, um, there's obviously, yes. th- we're not perfect, uh, but there are good things. So we'll leave it there. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, we will try and record, uh, you know, it's been difficult during this Christmas period, but we will try and get another episode out after the City game. Um, in the new year. In so the, happy new year. new year. Yeah, exactly. Merry Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, happy holidays, all the rest of it. Um, and yeah, in, enjoy your new year. Thanks, Aaronin. Thank you, Roger. Talk to you later, and by the way, love your top. The new I, gear. The new gear. I've splashed out on, yeah, some of the ever in, my in, ever increasing... <laughs> like contents of arsenal stash that i now own so aaron is but. is is just donning the latest adidas range the latest adidas retro range so if you can't see him trust me he looks good and maybe treat yourself uh, if we don't, like get commission. we don't get commission <laughs> definitely don't get commission it's not that we wouldn't be open to getting to commission let's just be right. very clear if anyone's got a contact at arsenal <laughs> like we would be open to it but um anyway cool all right guys leave it there take care of yourselves happy new year bye-bye